And I'm sorry, but your your headphone setup right now, you have your headphone twisted in a knot, okay? You can't even manage cords right. You can't manage batteries right. What makes you think that we're going to have decent power? So don't get pissed at me when the damn recorder doesn't work because you're like, oh, it doesn't have batteries. So i got to keep putting batteries in. You don't charge batteries, so I'm not going to bring over rechargeables. And you don't go and you don't have a wall outlet that's accessible within the range because your cords are all messed up. Can you say that again? I think you forgot to press start again. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's recording shut up do the episode we're done here sick of you tell you to go home but we're at your house we can't think of anything the second time around so we'll just rant at each other I'll just yell at you <laughs> yell at you till i'm happy welcome to the couch Rolls podcast with your hosts dave and das bruce How you doing, man? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing okay. You sure? You, you don't seem you don't seem all that great. Uh, I had a little uh, a little technical difficulty this uh, this last week. Here. Go on. So the fan completely blew out my PlayStation, and I've I've always generally, being the collector that I am, have ripped apart machines that don't work, and I've like figured out how to fix them because older technology is kind of a staple of like. There's enough documentation that you can find. There's enough things out there or friends that have been like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, a capacitor or this needs to get resoldered. Or, I mean, I'm not great at soldering, but I've learned at least a little bit. So I've learned enough, like, skill set to go and just be able to get into older stuff that's, you know, you're not going to be able to walk into a repair shop and be like, oh, yeah, here, can you fix my Nintendo? It's like, there's no. Nintendo repair shops for original Nintendo. A lot of retro shops will kind of do it, but when you're that involved with collecting, you already know a lot about, you know, what tech went into and stuff like that. So I've been generally ripping apart my machines, fixing them myself for years. Unfortunately, with the PlayStation 4, dude, I don't even think I've cracked open a, like, I think I've cracked open a DVD player. This thing's like (laughs) a Blu-ray player. So this is like a step beyond... My range way too advanced for you. Thankfully, well, because I switched out the disc tray on my uh, original Xbox with the help of my old roommate Sam, so that was kind of cool. And uh, so, I mean, that's like the most advanced system I've been in was a uh, original Xbox. So PlayStation Four fan blows out, and I'm like, how do you even get into this thing? What do you do? So like, I found out the side panel. So I found where the external or where the internal hard drive Dude, is at. Super simple, right? Super Dude. simple. Yeah, they they built a little more of an open architecture the, to oh it. Oh yeah, they they built that because I don't know anything about opening up tech, but I I switched mine out within a half hour, no problem. Did you really? Yeah. Wait, I, what size is your? Uh, I have PS4? a I have a two terabyte in mine. Oh nice. And what I did is I I got a kit that it came with the hard drive, a screwdriver. In like a one-sided sheet of instructions on how to do it. Nice. And I just laid this little foam mat thing it, come, it came with. You lay everything on top of the foam mat. Has places of where to put everything so you don't lose it. Nah, not not places, but I mean it was it was just so simple. It it was so easy, and I I liked it a lot that I could do that because I felt like accomplished. I was like I did something for myself. It was great. Well, my whole thing is like with the newer systems. Like I bought mine. It was five hundred gig, right? I'm like oh five hundred gig. That's a lot. It only seems a lot because we're old. It seems, yeah. Well, I mean, dude, we. I mean, I'm used to like. Remember when eight thumb megabyte drives, control or eight megabyte mega, uh, memory little cards. thumbsticks, yeah, eight megabyte memory cards and stuff for our old systems. So yeah, so I'm thinking like, oh, that's gonna be fine. You know, we're off the block system. We're on like a 
system that actually is universally used as far as like computing stuff goes. So I'm like 500 gigs. That's fine. I'm never going to need that. Problem is like either uh, online gameplay like Overwatch keeps growing. It does. And they keep adding stuff, which is great. I'm not going to complain about the free content. My problem is anytime that there is a game that has a update for the system that is a broken piece of the game that they should have fixed. It just added on memory for you. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Uh, Yeah, the texture that was making you fall through the level and kill yourself, we repaired that, but it's like a five gig update. And I'm like, how was this not fixed a while ago? Like, I feel like no one optimizes any of their programming anymore, which is kind of annoying. I want to say that. And then I'm getting hit with like a 10 gig patch like every three days for some random crap. Like I always find a, a gripe with how on the back of the the case, which I, I know physical versus digital is kind of getting kind of sketchy now. But when it says on the back of Grand Theft Auto, oh, this is gonna be sixty gigs to download. That's bullcrap on a disc because it's t- it took up like a third of my hard drive after what a week of oh, playing I, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've yeah I don't think I've done any of that. But I mean, once again, Grand Theft Auto is one of those games where at least when they're fixing stuff they're also giving you additional content like there's at least a trade-off with that kind of but sometimes i feel like there's an excessive amount of like data overload that they're they're putting onto the councils because of it's things that they're not preparing for up front i'm not saying ongoing content i'm talking specifically about what you were talking about day one patches bother me more than anything else in the world because here's a good example this just happened this week so the newest tomb raider game had an alternative ending if you did not have your PlayStation connected to the internet. Oh, really? Some, some guy played through the whole game and had... How did, a diff- they, how did he they even had, figure that out? He, he had a different ending because he didn't have a connection to the internet while he, had a, while he was playing on oh, the PlayStation 4. Cool. So he had put a bunch of these pictures on the internet of this alternative ending. Everyone called bullcrap on him and said he was lying and everything really? else. And he's like, no. He's like, this is a thing. It, it exists. And then Do you think they, that exists they, for other games? Possibly. That's kind of cool. But the man. developer came out and like, hey, yeah, this guy's totally right. Um, if you don't have your game connected to the internet, you don't get the patch. So that they covers made it up. like a truly single player experience. Yeah. Well, it was unintentional. It was like not a complete like finish. Like they replaced the ending of the game. Really, they had to have done it really late to have all those textures already in the game. So it's just funny that the swap out only happens if you go online with it. And it's just crazy to think that. So all that content, so immediately you buy the game and they're like, oh yeah, now you have to unload this as well. And it's like, they keep stacking more and more of that on us and then our hard drives have to, have to handle it all. Because I, I like cloud saves because it's kind of nice not having to worry Still so much about it. Still haven't used any of that yet. And you're an idiot for not doing it. Cloud saving is probably the one of the biggest innovations to games. I like the fact that I can completely lose my console, get a new console, I'm plug it in, log on and all of my save spots and all of my games come back to me. That's incredible. And Nintendo just got that as well with their new $20 a year subscription plan. So I, I don't know. I think that's really, a, that's a huge next step for all video game consoles. I, you know, I've always been concerned about losing digital data. But if you cloud save it, say you can, it saves both on on the cloud but you can also save it on your well, hard drive i mean i mean prior to cloud saves um because did you ever like borrow demo discs from friends yeah okay so back in uh the original uh xbox era um 
which is funny because you know that was the that was the last major thing I repaired. Um, <laughs> stupid PlayStation Four with its damn fan. Uh, I'm gonna get a better system. I'm gonna have nice big hard drive. I'm gonna have that fan fixed. I'll be back at the new games. So I don't know. I gotta figure out because your Overwatch fixes. It's gonna you're gonna actually no. It's after, been dead after, by daylight. It's been dead oh, by daylight. I've been more. On I, that I, than I totally anything. forgot that you're obsessed with that game right now. Anywho, so no, but uh, you remember when you used to swap uh, demo discs and stuff? The original Xbox had additional content on the demo disc, so I would borrow demo discs from people to download. Like they'd have DLC on the disc that you could then put on your system, which was really cool. I completely forgot about that. Everyone does. So my thing is like, I'm actually looking to try to hunt down a bunch of old discs because there's a bunch of like weird DLC that I want that I can't get my hands on anymore, man. That like, almost seems like it'd be free or some like video game historian collected. You think all. so? But since it was, you know, since it was disc based and everything, I mean, what that that's a concern for me. Like, if I want to go back and like, for instance, say I buy a PlayStation brand new and everything, right? When I plug in that disc. Yeah, I understand that there's going to be certain games that are going to be still probably supported down the line, but when newer stuff that has DLC becomes retro or older, like, I mean, right now, you put in Grand Theft Auto disc that you bought, you know, that's still factory sealed. If you were to pop that in your machine, you're going to get like a 14-hour update, but you're going to get all that content. What's you know? crazy? I don't know if that's... It changed on the PlayStation 4, but the PlayStation 3 one, you wouldn't have access to a ton of... Remember the on like remember how when place our Grand Theft Auto Five came out there was no online at all. That's a patch yeah. to even unlock the button to click for yep. the online mode, and it's it's crazy that how things have changed where a game is just a platform now. Like to buy a disc is literally a platform into an ongoing relationship with that developer. Yeah. So I mean, like I don't know. Was it has there been any like DLC that? Because I remember when DLC st- first started getting big, because it started getting big around uh, 360 area. You remember uh, Horse Armor? Yeah, I for mean... Oblivion? Yeah, I mean, really... the Freaking whole Elder the whole, Scrolls, man. To, to be fair, downloadable content, that's just, that's what it is. Yeah, DLC. And it's crazy, because it's huge, and it's been all over the gaming world for like two or three years now, where you heard things about like Star Wars Battlefront. How, do, you, do you count updates as DLC, though? And see, I feel like there's like different types. You're going to have like your season pass stuff. You're going to have your episodic DLC. You're going to have your add-on DLC. You're going to have like your big additional story content. And then you're going to have like your Nintendo DLC, which is super friendly, really conservative, has not a lot of effect. And then Amiibo. I mean, because yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we did the is, Amiibo episode, and that was yeah, all like I, you were talking. Falls, those were DLC statues, but they kind of mess. But with that's it. still a physical thing where like you can try to hunt that down, where. I mean, the discs that I can hunt down for that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, 360, you can't play some of that stuff online. I mean, that kind of goes into like some dead servers territory. Yeah, and it is kind of interesting with DLC, but I I feel like right now it's kind of really big because, uh, you know, one of our early episodes, we talked about Telltale Games. Yeah. We we really got it. Oh, yeah. uh... So the biggest news of probably this past couple of weeks is Telltale is going out of business. Well... Whether you're okay with it or not, I mean, we obviously had some major griefing with a lot of their past well, games. Well, I, I called, I actually oh, we, think we, I we, mentioned we, uh, this. We, we definitely called that. I mentioned this, that like what happens if, you know, someone that, because they do the episodic DLC, right? Where yep. it's like you buy something and then it gives you a chunk of the story and then you buy the next chapter, you buy the next they, chapter. They essentially take a video game, they break it up into five separate pieces 
and they either sell them, you can either buy them individually packaged or you can buy a commitment, a season pass that will allow you to download each of them for free because you paid the upfront cost for them. Now, are they are they currently in the middle of any seasons of anything? And and that's what's really crazy. So Telltale Games kind of slowly got big on their own with a, like kind of small licenses, and then the, the licenses got better and better. And then suddenly, well, Walking they hit Dead, really big with Walking Dead. And Walking Dead was kind of what put them on the map as a company. But it happens that right now the final season of Walking Dead was being made, and they're going that's out how, of business. That's how they do their. Uh, chapters as they call like each game a season so yep. instead of being walking dead 2 it's walking Se- dead season. season 2 yep. yeah. so right now they have two episodes of the season done and now they're claiming that what they, season are they on currently i think i think it's technically four technically four yep because so it's three of them that hover directly around clementine which is a little girl from the first one yep which, i played through most of the first one i got yep the fact that you didn't finish the first one is still kind of sad because that really is an incredible start to end game. Like you have to play it. Well, the thing is, I put it down on one device and I picked it up on another. Like I started playing it on uh, PS3. Yeah, and it was then, kind of that awkward transition. And then game. since the, because that's when phones started getting. Oh. Oh, we can run a game engine that's super intense on, you know, your current game system on your phone. So then I was like, oh, well, I'll just pick it up on there, and I picked it up for there, and then I. It petered out on me. So to get right back to it, Telltale Games—they go out of business, or they're going out of business. They fired all but twenty-five employees off, and they're pretty much dead in the water. Now, people who bought those season passes may not get the last two parts of the season. Or so now, this is something new to the industry. Okay, you have committed paid season passes where they're actually not getting the content that was promised to them at the point of purchase, and then you also have so. They started something brand new to the industry. Telltale Games released discs. They were called Season Pass Discs. Oh, that so, was that crap where it was the first one was on disc, and then since it registers the disc, it automatically unlocks the remainder of the season. Yep. It, it yeah, gives I you remember the season I, mentioned beef, I mentioned I had beef with that because you said, was it Life is Strange did that too, right? I believe so, yes. They did it first. Now you can get the full season. Yeah, on, on our on our Telltale episode, I remember specifically yelling. I'm like, well, what happens if they cancel? What happens if something goes wrong? Yep. And a lot of the things oh, that we... Oh, my had, worst fears came true. Well, it's just funny because a lot of the... So everyone was really sad about how this developers closed. And I wish I could be sad for them because I'm, I'm a big supporter of their games. And I've played almost all of them. But and even I've played newer ones. You've even played Guardians of the Galaxy. And Batman, the second season. I actually, even after hitting... the second season of that? And it was great. Really? And that's what sucks about it, is because they had to kind of go through a bunch of muck to finally figure out and identify what, what would make a good Batman game. But it's the fact that they kept making the same mistakes over and over again. I don't want to get too far into this. To do. We have okay. a whole episode on this. Okay. But the big thing is right now is people are mad because DLC now... DLC is the episode for today. Yep. So now we have the season pass that now people are sketchy on whether... Do I want to buy a season pass to any video game? So Assassin's Creed comes out this week. Do I want to buy the Assassin's Creed season pass? What if Ubisoft doesn't make the rest of the content for well, tell it? Tell me this. Uh, has there been any game that you've played where you were like, I would like to buy a season pass for this, and you think that the season pass was 100% worth it, totally justified? Because there's one game that I think is, based on what my friends have played. What's that? I own the game. I haven't bought the season pass for it, but I would actually consider buying the season pass because to buy... Just, generally, when you what buy... What game it, is it? Just say it. Come on. Arkham. 
Uh, okay, yep. And okay, so Rocksteady's always done a good job with the Batman games because they produce a ton of content. Well, the thing is, is to buy the way that I see a season pass, season pass is developer promising, hey, we're going to release a bunch of DLC. You can get it for free if you buy this pass. Is there like a term limit on season pass? Can you explain season pass to like I, someone like me that only has a rough concept? Because to my understanding, you buy a season pass, it's good for a certain amount of time, and all the DLC released within that time frame you get for free. And, and that's essentially what it is. But what's kind of happened now is I think even the season pass idea is kind of faded to the back because now we're kind of expecting developers to make modifications and add to their games to keep us playing for free. Yeah. And well, my thing is like, if you buy a season pass now, like now that that game has been out and they've released like well over, if you were to buy the individual pack, it's like probably a hundred dollars worth of merchandise. I can walk in now that that game's released all of that DLC buy a season pass this late in the game and, download and not, all of it. not only get whatever might come out from now until like a year from now, but I can download all that back catalog. So it's almost better to wait to buy a season pass though. And, and that's where it kind of... The season pass is you paying to kind of help support the developer to make that new content. Yep, and you can look at it two ways. You can see it as a, as a way of, of supporting your favorite games by buying it up front and then kind of getting the material as it release. Or you can buy at the end. You get the end game where you buy basically buy the the finished product of the game, like your Fallout New Vegas's and your Skyrims. You buy the ones where all those extra content's already been released, and you get like this massive game out of it. But then there's so I have like one really good experience. It'd be Bioshock Infinite. So I bought Bioshock Infinite at release, and they were like, "Hey, if you buy the strat or if you buy the season pass, we'll give you the strategy guide for free." Well, at least there's an uh, incentive for something physical yep. while and, you wait for the digital. Well, what they didn't tell me is it was going to take almost two years, if not, I think more than two years, to get three pieces of content. What Did you still receive all of that with your season pass, or did your season pass expire before all of the content was and, released? And, well, that was what was crazy. People started thinking, because they came out with like a battle arena, maybe a couple months in. I don't even think it was very long. But then it dried up for like a solid year, where they... They went back to like the developer wheel, started from scratch. They were like, we're going to make it where you're Elizabeth and we're going to make this like long story. Where Elizabeth you... being the secondary character in that. Yep. And people had no idea if they were actually getting anything for their $35 season pass. How long and, was the season pass supposed to last for though? Well, and that's the thing. Almost no one says the time limit on it except for Ubisoft. Ubisoft has specialized in the season pass because they're always content-driven or story-driven content. So uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes out this week. You can buy a gold edition, which is the game plus the season pass plus other perks. But they build the cost of the season pass into the cost of the physical disc. So if you go to the store, it's like $99 instead of $60. But what it's giving you is it gives you the season pass. They let you get the game three days early. So instead of getting it on October 5th, you get it on October 2nd. So I get game early for people who like streaming. They're enticing streamers to pay pay more for early access. They're giving the season pass at a full price. But They figured out a way to physically uh, physical copy early access now. And they make it steel tin. And then what they do... Silton, I was impressed with for a little bit, and now it's just like, it's kind of a joke. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, what they've done is they found a way to sell their product and breach past the $60 ceiling that the game industry has created for their video games. So right now, games haven't gone up in price like ever. If you think back to like Nintendo 64, 
it was like $70 for a new game. But now a PlayStation 4 game, which clearly costs a lot more to develop, costs less than a Nintendo 64 game from 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember there were some Super Nintendo games. Like, I think Final Fantasy 3 was like $80 when it came out, and no one realizes that. And, and it's crazy because to think that developers don't have to increase the, the cost of their product, but to incur that much more debt to make the game yeah. is... A, it's obscene, but Ubisoft is like we. They they found a way to to step you into the not only to get you to be a fan of it, but they're like if you want to be a serious fan, you pay us a hundred dollars and you get all this extra stuff to make it a more enjoyable experience. And their content always worth it. Yeah, but you gotta understand, there's like some people out there that saw this as a money grabbing scheme. I know that uh, lately you've been hating on EA. Oh, dude, I, I, okay, so all the memes on, e, on EA, I just looked back at the last generation of games I had, and I, I kept seeing all these like games I love, like Army of Two. I mean, we're huge fans of that series. That DLC! We yeah. bought the DLC yeah. for that. And then you have games like Dead Space, which Dead Space had some really great things in it, and it's like, those games are dead in the water because they got taken in by EA, and for some reason, like the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, EA. I know, I know you got you got beef with the EA because your back catalog and everything. But no, think about it. Army of Two, yeah. 40th day. We bought all the DLC. We did the weird online thing to make our own masks and everything. <laughs> yep. There was a whole like weird interactive community that just dries up after the next system came out. You know, yep. heck, even before the next game came out. But EA, when they launched Star Wars Battlefront, when they did EA Star Wars Battlefront. And they're like, get a season pass, get this gun. And, you know, it was clearly going to be like buy to win and the star nope. cards and all that. Hold on. You're wrong. Boxes. You're wrong. The first one was not that way. The first one was simply a lack of content. The second one was the one where they put the loot boxes no, in No, because there was a blaster. There was a special blaster for the first game. Was there? Yes. Well, that was way more the, powerful. The second one's the, the one that broke the internet. The second one, the second one broke the internet with their stuff. They're like, hey, you can spend a hundred hours to unlock this one thing, or pay us five dollars. See, that's that's one thing as far as like you know, paying to have better content. That that's one shady practice. But I feel like on top of that, they were like, oh, don't worry, we're gonna put this new map out six months down the line. Buy the season pass, so you get the new map. And it's like, why are you announcing a map before releasing the game? Okay, so. You're, what you're referring to is more of the Call of Duty, um, the whole model that they've been using. And I think Battlefield uses it as well. So you're buying essentially a, a map pass for them. And what you're doing is you're committing to the game and you're like, I'm, you're paying the developer to help develop these maps. So they have to, the reason they're telling you what the maps are is not because they're complete. What they're doing is letting you know because it, it helps grow consumer confidence and buying the season pass up front. Explain consumer confidence, you business. <laughs> it's basically, such a businessy word. It, it is a businessy word. It's basically, when you look at something, do you have reservations about wanting to buy that? Because, you know, like you have like sticker shock. Yeah, like, that's what that EA sticker is, right? Anytime right? you see that EA yeah. logo in the corner, you're like, eh, I don't know about this. <laughs> and, you know, Although e EA does have some good stuff. EA's reputation has, has really hurt people's abilities to trust their their products moving forward especially you know their sports they're known for their sports the law of ea is always oh, yeah they they have a, a madden a, is huge they essentially have a monopoly on sports games i mean but i think it's a monopoly no one wants part of i mean i, I really to this day i don't think anyone's ever tried to make too many football games they also own tetris now 
Do they really? Yeah, yeah, oh. owns Tetris. Oh, that mean that means, <laughs> dude, you're gonna have to pay for every block. <laughs> Total deal. D- DLC One, block. <laughs> yeah, every five cents for every block you get. Well, no, they've. Uh, I think that even though, because it's funny, because they put Tetris on mobile, because it's like a of great place they, for of it to be. Of course they did. But a lot of what they've done for like giving you special powers and stuff for the way that it plays on there, I think that it's a free play model where if you want to make the game easier by buying stuff and since it's a single player experience i think that ea did absolutely fine with that okay so i got two big questions first one how do you feel about dlc that affects single player only games i think that's fine like cheats and modifiers i think that's fine i think that if you want to pay for that that's that's okay because i've seen games where they're like hey you'll start the game with 10 stat points and and things like that where they kind of like alter the experience of the game but has no effect on anyone else. Is it really breaking the game? No, but what it does is it it's they're changing the experience if you're willing to pay it. Oh, because you're it. not actually earning that. That's yep. like if you were to start oh, man. Essentially, like I said, it, it's shortcuts and How do cheating. they not do that to Tony Hawk? They're like, "Oh man, here you get 15 stat points to build your own character. Do you want to buy more?" And, and to be honest, to go into lock that off though, buy an actual paywall. Yeah. Especially in a world of a digital era when you physically bought a copy for stuff because yep. a lot of stuff is out, still on a disc. I think that if you cannot get it in a physical form, it's generally bad, which is why I'm mostly <laughs> opposed to that. But then there's stuff like uh, cutting off people based on DLC too. For instance, when we uh, did, what was it, Left 4 Dead? Yep. Those maps. When those maps came out and that I bought those mess. maps, that was that was a little bit. I mean... And then they actually, so the Left 4 Dead model about releasing new maps and making you pay for maps is still that crappy. I, I feel like the Activision model of map, a map selling maps is stupid. Activision being Call of Duty? Well, it's just the idea of, You segregate your players and then you break yeah. your things into smaller groups and then you have... Because I always hated it because Left 4 Dead was a good example because you had Left 4 Dead, but me yeah, and a couple of Left our Dead 2 other came friends out, didn't have it. I bought all the DLC for it and if you guys wanted to play it, we had to play, what, like the original maps because yeah. we because none of us bought the maps that you had and it really it really did it divides local like not local players but it divides like friendships even because it's basically you're you're putting peer pressure on your friends to buy new maps to grow the experience well, i mean unless you buy a game of the year edition of something that has but the maps built in on three the years after then, it releases yeah, though a couple years after you know? now you're trying to dive back into games that are older and if it's mostly an online component you don't have that much fun with it because there's less of a player base. That's actually why I'm really huge on Dead by Daylight. Those developers, whenever a new map comes out, you can always play it. You can always play it, but you can't always play the characters on the map, which is that that well, actually well, is well, the smarter the way to Usually do it. Usually they release a character, a map, like a new killer, a new survivor, and a map. And the thing is, is they give you multiple ways. It almost feels like a microtransaction type thing. For if you want to do extra stuff, but it's not intrusive or terrible to how that the game plays. So answer this then. Yes. You you've been really big into that game. I have. There's two new characters coming out for October because of Halloween. Are they really? Yep. Oh, nice. And I, I was wondering if you heard about that. Why haven't you bought the season pass for it? If there is there a season pass for there it, there is a season pass, and the, and that's to get all the characters in the game. That that I would deem worth it, but. You haven't even looked. At, I know you've looked at those characters on the. On oh the yeah, PSN the, the, cause, the okay, because the, the killers are what intrigue me. Is yeah. the fun of 
So why haven't you committed to a game that you are? Have I explained how to play Dead by Daylight? Yeah, we 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 talked about it a little bit, but the fact of the matter is, is you were really into an online game that you got for free. Mm-hmm. But yep, yet you, a, you won't pony up to support the developer. No, I, no I've been considering. No, I've been looking at how long have you played it and still not ponied up? Like a month. That's a lot. Really? Yeah. You you've been playing that game for a solid month and and you have not yet decided on whether My you want to. My PlayStation's broke and I can't buy anything right now. <laughs> excuse. No, totally I, excuse. I'm looking at it. And I'm looking like, okay, cool. I'd like these characters, but I was trying to figure out the best way to buy it because you can buy with the in-game currency that I got, and I go, oh, I could just buy and play Mike Myers and go kill people with that. That'd be fun. But then I'm only buying one killer. Where yep. if you buy the pack for them, you buy the killer and the survivor. Yep, and how the season pass, I believe, worked is, I think it was five. You get the the first year season pass, I think was the five or six. The first six that they came out with. Okay. I'm just throwing the numbers out because I'm not positive on what it was. But what they did is they packaged a bunch of them together. You see, and that's the thing. And then I, it was, was, I have been looking into that to see what is going to be the best bang for the buck. And this is something where Season Pass totally works out great. Mm-hmm. Because I get the extra content because I want extra, extra players, experience. killers. You know, I can play. You know, if I want to play Freddy Krueger, I can play Freddy Krueger. If I want to mm. play, you know, Leatherface, I can play Leatherface. I get specific characters to those franchises too, which is really cool. Because each of them has a unique play style, but it doesn't affect me as a player if I'm playing as a survivor. You know yep. what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't fracture the community, it but doesn't lets you have a community. better experience as an individual. Exactly. Same with the maps. The maps come out. I might be able to play the Freddy Krueger map, but I might not own Freddy as a character. But I can still play against Freddy on the Freddy map because someone else is still getting enjoyment about downloading that, playing it. I think they're doing a real great job with that. Yeah, and. It's crazy because this is the point now where I'm really starting to see what's going to happen with the next generation of consoles after this one. Nothing speaks more to I think to we're going to go all digital soon. Well, there's that. We definitely will have to do an episode eventually on that. But Agreed. What really stands out is how we are developing as kind of a social... Social games are essentially growing like crazy. Fortnite, people play Fortnite all the time. You have Destiny... And I paid into Fortnite and I was disappointed with that. But you That's had, single player mode, man. Shut your mouth. I'm I glad lo- you I enjoyed will, it. I will stand behind that mode. I would have paid $60 for that mode. Would you? Dude, I put over 60 hours I would feel it. better if I had a disc that way I can just be like, oh, look at it on my shelf. I paid for that. I paid for that. That single player mode, I played several hours of that. Did not get any enjoyment out of it. And... How is this, that different than any other game that you would pay, like your Duke Nukem boring, that you bought? Cause, cause the, so you bought Duke Nukem for At least price. I can look at that and go, wow, that was a fucking mistake. <laughs> Where every time I turn on my system, I'm like, this is just wasting space. But the the other component, the free component that was on there, that was the fun part. So you committed money, though. Why but- did I commit money to the single player when it didn't feel worth it? A lot of the content in the multiplayer that keeps getting added fun, they're going to trickle it down to the single player, and eventually I feel like I might have a fun single player experience. But like the, the single player actually helps you advance in the, the online battle royal mode by its currency. Oh, you, you mean can, that currency that is just used for cosmetics that I don't really care about? Congratulations. You're playing a single player game to make the multiplayer prettier. Don't get me wrong. The multiplayer the, is a great gameplay mode. They make billion dollars a month on that. I don't give a shit about money. So, I give a shit about experiences and fun. They and have fun dressing up and, and streaming. Multiplayer it. is fun. But you can't go and give me a single player experience that is not fun and go, we're going to make you pay for the not fun experience so that way you can just look prettier in the, like, 
the the trade off was not worth it, in my opinion. For you, and it's great funny I don't like the game. I don't like the battle royale mode. I rather play the battle royale <laughs> mode, and I would have rather paid money for cosmetics in the battle royale mode rather than pay the single player mode for the chance to unlock better cosmetics in the multiplayer mode. Then the, the money in that system is diversified or is too even across the board that it needs to be broken up. Like there needs to be single player money to unlock stuff in single player. Cause there's crap that I spent in single player thinking, Oh, I want to advance more. I want it to go easier. I want to do that. And then that same money that you use in that mode does not transfer over to the multiplayer. That's stuff. how it keeps a balance though, is that they don't interconnect. The only thing that connects is this idea of, of skin currency, but basically which is great because it allows people who dedicate, like me, I put tons of time into single player. I can afford all the costumes that they release because... In multiplayer or single player? Because they don't transfer over. They do. Do the, they now? The, the, the currency sorry, transfers... about this. It's, yes, and you're, you're wrong because you don't understand it because you didn't take the time to learn the single player the and single how it affects the multiplayer. did not explain anything it didn't. in regards and to that. It's not great at that. But what it is great for is for people who are diehards into the Battle Royale mode, they go into the single player, they play it, because if I spent $6 cash on currency for the just the multiplayer component, it wouldn't get you that much. But if I spend the, the $10 or whatever for the cause of, overtime, whatever the price may be, even if it's full price at $60, the $60 will get you probably $1,000 worth of, of currency for the multiplayer component. So me playing the single player benefits me in the way of taking the currency that I make in the one, and it allows me to have a better experience for say, because a lot of people get enjoyment out of using different skins. We have friends that like gun skins. I'm I'm happy with my uh, little pickaxe I got. I got a little movie camera pickaxe. That yeah. was cool. But you know, everyone has different. I have a guy that's a punk rock star guy. It's cool, and I think that helps people like me who don't have that much fun with Battle Royale at least. I get to customize my character a little bit. It's kind of just like a little add-on, something that helps better my personal experience with it. And I can do a lot more of that because I played the single player, which is something I did enjoy. And I mean, either way, if you've played Fortnite's multiplayer enough, you paid for their single player. You still paid for a game. Either way, they, they're basically, they, they, they brought you in, you committed to the game. Now you can't be mad because you've still played the Battle Royale mode. You still got something for free. It's people are being so. Yes, but I'm upset that I paid for something that I'm not playing for. Or I'm yeah. Sorry, I'm upset. I'm I've paid a what I consider a decent chunk of change for for something that I'm not enjoying when I was already getting something that I enjoy for free. It's like the uh, was it? It's, YouTube keeps trying to push their like ad free YouTube red thing. Mm. Why would I pay for that? There's no content on there that I would want or enjoy. Do you think it's almost to the point, though, where developers have now made it so everyone's entitled? Everyone thinks oh, they're entitled. Oh, no, we live in a very age of entitlement. I, I know, but speaking specifically towards video games, you almost feel entitled to the free game, but you don't think of the costs for the developer. No, so. I do. I'm saying I would have rather not spent and eaten up the memory on my hard drive getting the single player experience and I would have rather had that money go towards the multiplayer experience because they're way too different and they don't interact well with each other. The single player, I'm glad that you play the single player. I'm glad you like that. But the content that you paid for, that you downloaded, that you get in that single player stuff is not 
communicating well with the multiplayer stuff. I would have rather just sunk money into skins and that stuff. And I'm upset that my money went towards a gameplay mode that I'm not doing anything with that takes forever to grind to get even points that I can then transfer over to the multiplayer mode. It's too convoluted to too many, get too the same outcome. Yeah. It's too many systems. But speaking of Fortnite, so the other big thing. Fortnite's how, fun. How do you feel about... I don't want anyone to think I don't hate Fortnite. Or, you're, a, you're a huge Overwatch fan. Yes. Oh, it's well known. How do you feel about rotating content? So Overwatch, just for people who haven't played Overwatch, Overwatch does special events. They also have loot boxes that you can Seasonally buy. Seasonally where you get access to content. Yes. So some people don't like the idea that they get content and then they take it away. Like me, I, I've liked a few of their events a lot and I wish they were mainstay for the game. And it always pains me that they fade out and new stuff Lucio comes Lucio Ball, I'm guessing. Of course, because it was Rocket League for Overwatch players. The, oh, the Halloween one's coming up again and, too. And the Halloween one's good. That's and, always fun. And to me, it just seems like now developers are really big on this... They give you free content just to keep you in the game. Have you ever used real currency to buy loot boxes? Have you ever been enticed to spend beyond the 60 of no, initial purchase? No, and that's because I think that the loot box system is still slightly broken. What if they told you that you couldn't play any of that rotating content unless you paid them an additional $40? Would you pay it? No. You, you still don't think it'd be worth it after playing it? They've given you two free years of content. You don't think it would be worth paying in again to, to continue playing that? I would like to find, you know, I would like to support them and everything, and I think that they do that in a good enough way already with the loot box system. But you don't support them, because you haven't spent no, any more money. No, but I purchased the game. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what I mean, though. You purchased their initial development of the game. Yeah. But what if they told you, hey, we'll, we'll give you not unlimited rotating content well, that's, for that's, 40 more dollars. Okay, well, that, because that would be a season pass. Yes, but here's the thing. Then what's the duration on that? Because you got to look. Everything has an end time. Because if they go and they put something out, like Telltale, yeah. and it dies out. My problem with this is it harkens back. Actually, we've seen this behavior before in the games industry. And no one realizes that. When a game would come out and you go, oh, this game's cool. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, here's the newer version of that. Freaking Street Fighter did that for years. Oh, yeah. Think about it. There Street was Street 2, Fighter. Right? Yep. Because there was like Street Fighter 2. Then there was Hyper Edition. Then there was, you know, Special Edition. Then there was, you know, World Champions Edition. They keep putting editions out where it's, here's the game a little bit better, but they would hit you with that full price tag. So you would have to determine what was your point of entry, what was your good. But when you're buying Hyper Fighting, right, this is why I won't buy any of those older ones on a digital form. Because they do have an online component with them, yeah. right? But if I have Hyper Edition and you have Super Street Fighter 2, we're not going to be able to play together. Yep. Like, and you you separate everyone, and that's the whole... And it's funny, because they've still been doing that with Street Fighter, what, 5? Oh, I know. There's, like, three versions. But there's a tournament element to that. They've gotten big enough as an eSport But if you thing. own Street Fighter 5, and I own Street Fighter 5 Arcade, we can't play together. Yeah. Which is dumb, because it's still the same game. Yep. But it's not though because oh, of the little not. tweaks. Because of the, so you see that's the, the problem with that of the tweaks of the seasonal thing, unless if it's there to stay or you have it's it's a matter of accessibility, and it's not necessarily the accessibility allows certain things to be financially good for the company that lets them grow and continue to learn and tweak things, but by doing that, 
we're getting further away from what the original product was, the original purchase, and the original intent. Like Fortnite, I remember seeing Fortnite when it was at E3, and I'm like, this looks great. I want to play this. And then it came out. Couldn't find it anywhere because they went into that whole, like, we're going to make a Battle Royale mode. And when they started doing the Battle Royale mode, they pulled all of their copies, and I couldn't find a single copy physically with the original game. And I'm like, well, I want the physical copy for still, the original game. I still game. think there, is, there must have been some kind of legal issue with that. There was something up uh, with that. Because I, I don't think they wanted people buying it and then realizing that they were just getting a season, like getting a digital code to buy the single player mode. I, I think they pulled it because they, they didn't want their their physical copy to undermine their Their physical to copy the only mode. had the yep. single player mode on but, it. And that's what I mean. I, I don't... I think they were trying to advertise the... I would have liked that were... because it feels like I would be buying two different games. There was this free game from the same company with a name. Yeah. At least it diversifies it and splits it. But the problem the same... is that they tried to merge it, and by me paying for it, that's where the rage from that comes but from. But I think also that also helps people get into the single player because the single player does have a very high level, like entry level, where it, there's a lot of systems and there's stuff to it. There's way too like, much on those systems. Like There's a lot of kids that play Fortnite. There's not that many kids playing the single player Fortnite. Oh, agreed. So I've played a lot of it, the single player mode, and we keep getting back to Fortnite. It's crazy. That just it's... proves to you because... That right now is the king of downloadable content because they they have seasons. Uh, dude, no, we need to talk about the battle pass. Oh yeah, their battle pass for their seasons. Have you have you done the battle pass yet? No, but I know that uh, announcer Canada has. Yep. So the battle pass is kind of like a season pass to basically give you for goal. multiplayer only. Yep. And in the battle royale mode, it gives you additional objectives and ways to earn a currency in the game to and unlock more skins to download. Yep. But with that, if you do enough of the things, you can actually use the in-game to purchase the next battle pass. Yeah. So technically, you only have to purchase one battle pass. And if you commit to the game, it can you constantly can renew it by playing the Which game. Which is interesting, because I give them props on this from a business standpoint. You retain, player, you retain a player base. Which means... Because that whole game only works if there's people online playing. That there's segment 100 of the people. game. Yeah, if there's 100 people on there playing. Would you. you know if there's only 80? Honestly. Yeah, it, sh- it shows up. On well, the I, I know. They could easily take that off. Oh, but, like if they just remove the, you know, how many it, people are in your slow, game. And if it starts slowing down, they, they just kind of pull back on it. And they're like, people won't know that there's only 10 people from the start. Probably. <laughs> then we survived. I got 10th place and I died right away. You could definitely cheat that out. <laughs> oh, I hope we never get to that stage. No, I, that that will be. And the whole Battle Royale thing. So Fortnite does a great job with the rotating content and always adding new content. I am really curious now with both Battlefield and Call of Duty are now jumping in the Battle Royale ring. How they're going to do How, it? Because they've microtransaction crap for dude, years. I've already seen the map pass at GameStop being pitched. So they're still doing extra maps for their their versus That's, mode and their zombie mode through their pass system, but their battle royal system is separate, but still on their disc. So it's like question then: How are they going to do the maps on that? Because the minute that you go and do the map, maps on something, only having one map on their battle royal mode. I'm I'm waiting for someone to get real smart and procedurally generate maps. And. You know, I'm the, waiting for that. I, I remember hearing an interview with one of the Fortnite people. They said, is that a possibility? Well, they've already kind of partially done that where it's like, yeah, the layout is the same, but if you just change which, because they have everything broken up into sections, right? Mm. Like there's that little desert area. There's Here's where the beach house of the lake is. If you just shift it around where that is on the map, 
you could create a dynamically changing environment that would still be always fresh and new. What I heard from one of the interviews I listened to is they actually don't want to do that because it really damages streaming. They think that it would be nice having different content, but people stream because they want to get better at something. And by having it generated, it takes away from replayability where you can replay the same scenario. Well, it scenario. takes away from the possibility of um, getting into like leaks and stuff. Like That's why the maps for Overwatch are so meticulously made and they never change. Yeah. There's only very slight changes, and if they change, it's for that competitive uh, market. If you, As soon as you go and make something more about random than skill, it takes away from any chance of it having any sort of esports. Yeah, so, but position. I, esports is how you get popularity now because people stream, people watch, people get good, people make teams. Dude, I just saw an article saying that Michigan is looking into adding esports e as a form of high school sport. Yeah. High schools. No, I've I've heard about that too. Yeah, so it's definitely We're in Michigan. In case if people then <laughs> probably should disclose that like twenty episodes ago. I'm pretty sure when we used to complain about the weather all the time, they knew we were from the area. <laughs> it was just like bad weather must be in Michigan. <laughs> but I don't know. And then I, I thought it was funny. So I'm a huge advocate of Rocket League. Rocket League just started doing the same thing. They now have a like a race pass. And now that all the stuff I was kind of getting for free, they, they're adding more to that and making it part of this like $5 or $10 pass you can buy. I haven't bought it yet. I, I don't Oh, play but it. you've played that for several hours and you I, won't give them $5? I've actually bought it. How's that feel? How's that feel having that spit berry catch you? It's not because I've bought all their DLC. All their map packs I've bought. I'm trying to find I'm, I'm trying to find the best way to spend I got Rocket League for DLC. free. I got Rocket League for free as part of the PlayStation Plus. Oh, so I, got, I I dove in at zero. So I, I you bought that on disc. No, nope, and I've bought every single pass that's come out for it. And you know, I and to this day I enjoy it. But I like their movie tie-ins. I, I tailed off Batman v Superman car. That was dope. Yep. They've and, done a lot of good DLC for that actually. No, they've they've strongly supported that game and have not damaged how the game plays some of the maps suck i i will openly say they've gotten a little well, too some of the maps exotic are, yeah and, it, and it's kind of messed up the flow of how the ball like flies around but competitively i think there's certain maps that are like competition only type oh they, maps, they basically you know? do what smash brothers does they have like kind of like a segmented i think it's only eight or 16 maps that they allow and they're all under the same frame of being rectangle maps okay. because there's a lot of circular maps and a lot of oval maps that kind of Mess with the ball's trajectory and it, stuff. It really does, but I think what they've learned is, like Smash Brothers, the, the consistency of... Sma I hate that in Smash Bros. Everyone wants to play the stupid flat level. I'm like, what, you can't play a level with a hazard? Well, because that just messes with the balance of the characters. Well, that's because it messes with the tournament play. Yep. The thing is, is when I'm playing with friends, I'm not playing a tournament. Yep, I, Learn how to play another map. I, I do love Kirby. Alex, and, I know you're listening. And... As a huge fan of Kirby, he is at a huge disadvantage when there's no aerial like Rob. Part. I know you're <laughs> listening. Play some other maps. Play something that's not flat. I'm sorry. Hold on. I can call these out. Enemy of the show, Bobbert. And Alex, thank you for listening. But can we please play some Smash Bros. maps that aren't like one tier or the one flat? I want the thing ice climber them? level. Ice climber <laughs> level's great. I don't care. They they give me crap for doing the 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 rainbow floaty. Yep. Uh, floaty boat thing. 
I don't care. I like my map as a change. Let me play Game & Watch or PictoChat, damn it. Oh, I love the Game & Watch level. And But yes, I, I like when there's killer like variables. Like No one plays Pokemon Stadium. Pokemon Stadium, those are like the most interactive levels in the whole game. And everyone's like, no, I, I just want to play the flat level with nothing. Exactly. With the no thing, items. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> items, no Smash Ball, no nothing. Yeah, a third I'm of like, the game, we just don't want to use that because it may change how the game plays. My thing is, is like I can anticipate because I have better sensory awareness of my surroundings. So when I go, oh man, I'm going to slowly grab this ledge because I know that that, you know, Voltorb is going to pop out a door and explode. I'm playing the map against you. There is a strategy to that. Okay. And no, they're going to fry me in the comments section. So he, uh, to just kind of tail up the, all the murdered. DLC. So Nintendo. Yeah. So they were obviously really late to the online component at all. So now they're doing DLC. They don't even do anything online. They had that they, little Wi-Fi logo th thing. That was the only way you could tell that Brawl was online. So, I mean, yes, they've kind of had been slow to develop even online play. But well, Tell me, you have, uh, what, what is that? What it's am I called the Wii U. Okay. It looks so ancient, does it but online? It's it does do online. Does it online? You, you can't How really do you know if it onlines? Um, because the speaker works and you can talk to each other through the speaker oh, after, really? after giving each other friend codes, owning the same game and a nice little load time. That friend code system was terrible for it's, online. It's still existing. The switch has every, it. every game should not have an individual identifiable thing that I don't think so. I don't think that exists anymore. I, I think it's system. Your system has your a system code. has a code. Which, I mean, so if you think about it, PlayStation code. and Xbox have one That's too, but fine. they, they kind of keep it behind the scenes. So like, Hey, it's just a name, not it's just a code. your name. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But when it was they like get harder to every look up. individual game had a code was just so bad. So Nintendo being late to the, to the whole idea, they came out with DLC for breath of the wild. It was big online or not a, a big. Uh, You're talking about the motorcycle thing. Yes, they added a motorcycle to the I game. I thought that was built in the amiibos. Was the DLC for no, the? And that's what I was. That's what I was going to talk about. So Nintendo's been kind of spoiling their fans by playing both sides of the coin. They have their amiibos, which is kind of like random add-ons for that game in particular. It just drops random things from the sky. But they're also like, hey, you can buy our. I guess it would be a season pass. And we have it was like two dungeon packs, right? Yeah, they have this. They have this one where you did this special like challenge mode where you had to go through like 30, 30 different uh, stages of it, and you would just start with nothing, and then you get more and more items as you play through it. But then they later came out with the, like Hyrule Guardian. Sorry, I'm not getting any of this right. I haven't played any of the content. I just I, I've heard about it. And did you buy it? No, because Breath of the Wild just didn't do it for me personally. Really? I'm not a huge Zelda fan to begin with, and that's what the I love one that's about really Zelda intrigued me. Yeah, intrigued me. Well, yeah, intrigued. it intrigued me too. And, Shut up. And but I like dungeons, and they didn't have dungeons in the game. And what they had were the shrines. The shrines just weren't enough for me. So I didn't, I didn't invest into the DLC for it. But people who did, they offered a lot, and you bought the pass through their online store. And it's funny to see Nintendo slowly dab into that, but they're like, hey, we also have 30 Zelda Amiibos you can buy that will also give you other stuff. It's like, oh, so you can buy the physical DLC or the digital is DLC. Is there a crossover between that? There isn't. So the physical DLC is completely separate from what you can buy online only. Yes. And Well, that's kind of good, though, isn't it? So it's not if you're a fan of Smash Brothers. Hey, what if I have, one of, I have the Cloud Amiibo, right? That doesn't give me access to Cloud. I have to buy Cloud. But Cloud is on the disc, wasn't No, he? it's not. I thought he was. Nope. On the Wii U one, you have to buy him as DLC. So I can go to the store, spend $12 on an Amiibo, come home, don't have Cloud, can't use him, 
and it come so they they try to play both sides but you would think if I bought the Cloud Amiibo for way too much money, unlock. I would I would unlock Cloud. But no, he's like like six or seven bucks from just him. Because I think I used the, I bought the pack for the on the Wii U. It was like Cloud Ryu. No, not it, Ryu's on there. Yep, he's on there. But I bought a three pack at Mega Man. It was Bayonetta, Corin, and Cloud. And I think it was like twenty bucks for three characters for Smash Brothers. And then they're like, oh, then you have to go buy the Amiibos too. You know, they, they, oh, for the different <laughs> skins and stuff. Yeah, and DLCs. So it's, it's just extra crazy. DLCs. So it also makes me wonder how long before they integrate the two of them. I, I honestly, if they're like, hey, if you want a new Smash Brothers character, just go buy the Amiibo, and they're twenty dollars a piece now. I, I could see <laughs> them sticking to DLC as far as like skins and stuff, stuff that doesn't alter the actual gameplay. But they do because hard mode and other things. You got to remember though, they're slowly getting into the thing, and with them being kid friendly and everything. I see them putting all the characters in the game because that was their big announcement oh, yeah. for the new Smash for Actually, the Switch. I was, think everybody's here. Now, unless if they go, hey, you can play uh, Waluigi, but it's going to cost you $20. No, I was looking and I, I think there's still a good chance that they're going to release more stuff after the Ultimate Edition's out and that will really? suck. I, honestly, I, I will hate that. I could see them that. saying use your Amiibos to get skins, but that's about it. I, I think that I, sounds weird, but I have a little bit of faith in Nintendo that they have not gone into the internet DLC buyer stuff online thing slowly because a it's a complicated process to refine. Safety for kids is what they've openly already because you are, you still can't just have game chat. Yeah, game chat doesn't exist for Nintendo games, which is kind of crazy. But then there's so many hateful like it, nonsense. It makes out there. sense. Yeah. It makes sense. They uphold themselves to a certain standard they're they're the mr rogers of gaming man <laughs> it's funny well it's true they want a nice safe area for kids to play but at the same time they realize that like adults play their stuff too so it's how do you balance that how do you keep the person that is a child and is a child at heart and how do you make it a fun area where everyone can play together because i mean you can play nintendo games with your kids you said that as you become an adult regardless of not playing a lot of Nintendo as a kid, you've gotten more and more into it. And I think that you've grown respect for the company for that. So where do you think all this DLC, like, I think their DLC is going to be safely tucked away behind the Amiibos. I could see them going with that, but the problem is, you think they're going to, you're going to hold, they're going to hold up with these Amiibos. I think they're going to hold up with the Amiibos, but the problem is then you're making an Amiibo, you're making something that then is not, collectible anymore and they've always been bad at collectibles so they have to figure out that balance of how do you do dlc still without making something scarce enough that's driving up the thing because then if anything nintendo will technically always have the collector's market because they're putting stuff out that they're not putting enough out of and that's actually a point we made on our indie episode is so there is a little bit less content as far as on the nintendo store because a lot of these indie games and other games that are, are falling onto the Switch years after release have all that viable content. Your, already uh, on it. your Shovel Knight stuff. Yep, because it's already Game of the Year edition kind of thing. So you're kind of getting the complete edition of these games. So and that's why have- I think the Switch is doing so well is because you're not worried about DLC because they go, that was one thing that I said about the cartridge was yeah. you're not getting day one update on a cartridge you're getting older Breath of the titles Wild had a day one update just so you know even know what i mean though i mean with this older stuff of like la noir things like that yeah. you're you're getting games i could have played five years ago games that you played five years ago that are fully fixed fully ready to go 
and are not broken because all those kinks have been measured out. And stupid digital, man. Yep. I, it kind of works though too because what's happening with most of the ones that there's, are there's none enough memory in the switch to support. But you're what you're saying patches. though is about how the switch is getting like the complete editions. They've kind of been doing those on multiple platforms. Like LA Noir also came out on the PlayStation 4 as a complete yeah. fully rendered completed edition of the game. So it's, it's not just Switch. I think Switch gets more of them, but not all of them. So I I don't know like the whole idea of DLC it's crazy because we hear all all the time about people hating it. About EA's crazy like reputation and backlash, we're right now telltale is all over the internet as far as people are mad either about they're not going to see the end of their story and it pisses me off. People are like complaining about it. They had hadn't played the last like two seasons of it. Like if you start complaining about oh I'm not going to see how, how Clementine's story ends, I'd be so mad because you didn't play you didn't even commit to to the company for the last two episodes of it. And I actually have the season pass for the newest one. And I am furious right now because I don't know how to feel about it. I'm like, I paid that money. I got, I got one episode so far. They finished a second one and it, there were reviews coming out for it through like IGN and stuff. You got but broken had, promises, man. Yes. But now they're saying, oh, we might, they're looking for other people to basically help push that out. But do I even want them? Do I want well, someone here's else the thing, to finish their vision? If you have vision? someone else finish their vision, then you're not getting the original vision, then, which means that, you know, you could have the whole like, was it Mass Effect where they're like, oh god, we got to get a new ending quick. Yeah, and there's there's two sides of that. Do I want someone else to? Because what if they came out with the last two episodes and they were super good, well made, and they just it looked like it was developed just so much better than the, all the other ones? Would it make me look down upon on the other ones? But then on the other hand, because I'm sure the story is fully written. So as far as your like artistic dream, I feel I feel like the writing is done. Because they wouldn't even... But the production of the voice work, the animation. Yep. And those things, the animation sucked anyway. Settings. (laughs) So some of that stuff sucked. So I'm on the edge of them whether I even care if they finish it or if someone comes in. Like if Don't Nod, be like, hey, we'll finish your stuff. They made uh, Life is Strange. uh, It's great. All those uh, George R.R. Martin fans feel. (laughs) they like, get the book out. Finish the book before you die. He, he's his own biggest troll too he's like i i'm working on it and then he goes to like all these celebrity appearances it's like you're not working on it you lying what are you doing here put the drink down put the ho-hos down stop he's, snacking go home finish a book we'll find a cabin somewhere do your yeah, job just no internet no cab stop tweeting start writing stop writing tweets start writing in pages it's ridiculous but i don't know man i I'm, this I, is, I think this dlc has like a weird thing because it's given us a lot uh, I guess we'll just kind of summarize everything. Definitely. DLC has given us a lot of really cool thing and extended ways to play games. Uh, I mean, it's super diversified now between the season passes, the uh, traditional DLC, but then like there's, you know, worried of loss of content, but then there's remasters of games that come out with all that content. There's a plethora of ways to try to support developers and to put money in. I mean, where where do we go from here? Do we think that the games industry actually has like a refined way to kind of approach stuff, and that's what we're going to see from Nintendo? You know, and yeah, I mean, really, Nintendo is the conservative. No matter how you look at it, they're going to be the most conservative, and they're gonna they're gonna they're not they're not gonna be they're not gonna jerk in any particular direction of like the industry. They're gonna they're do it. They're, they're gonna do it the Nintendo their toe way. In, though. They they are, and I, it's possible that they are innovative enough to come out with a, a better way. 
You never know. I, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you I, never I, do. I, I can't. But what I can say is, I, as a huge fan of certain types of games, especially story-driven games, I've always appreciated what certain companies, developers, do. And if I had any advice to people who bought downloadable content, I would say support the developers that have given you the games you love. Yes. Don't don't take as many don't be really risky and buying into games that you might like like buying like if I if you've never played an Assassin's Creed game, don't buy the gold edition of the newest one and just hope that you're going to enjoy the season pass. Buy the base. Buy the base one and if you like what they're giving you, you buy more into it. Or even Call of Duty. Your friends buy Call of Duty and you buy it to play with them. Don't just buy the map pack just because Oh, I of didn't. Well, Believe me, I didn't. <laughs> I bought the yeah. stupid game, unfortunately, and I'm admitting that here now. I bought the stupid game to play with friends. I don't enjoy the gameplay. I didn't even bother the single player. Your guilt is I'm really I'm never going right to buy those maps. But support your developers. They're giving you a good price on their games because it costs a hell of a lot more to play that game than what you're ever going to pay for it. And if you like what they're giving you, there's no reason not to continue loving what they produce for you. And man, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that helped because I was so heated about the Telltale stuff earlier this week. I was like, oh, I, I was like, I don't care what we were gonna talk about. I'm like, I want to talk about DLC because this Telltale thing is just driving me crazy. Uh, I think, I mean, Telltale kind of grew up from like small to nothing, you know, from small and nothing to like a decent company and everything. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think that that's something important too to be said in that with yep. the doesn't matter if it is EA, you know, but not the <laughs> DLC or if it's, you know, something small like a, you know, double find, you know, <laughs> just wherever you like games, support them buy the base and build into that. And if all of you out there love your DLC, let us know what you're buying. Because I'm, I'm kind of curious that all this stuff that we've mentioned, we've kind of mentioned Tell me about all the killers you bought on Dead by Daylight. I want to figure out the best way to buy those. Or let or let us know. Just have you ever bought DLC that you just absolutely regretted? Because it sounds like between us, we've had uh, quite a few. Like Bruce completely regrets all of Fortnite. And I I've no, had, just the single player mode <laughs> just that I paid for. <laughs> I'm okay with the multiplayer mode. The free. I'm part. happy with all the money I spent on the free mo- free part. <laughs> but if there's something out there that you just really hated that you paid for, something like a Smash Brothers character that you bought and just have not used since you bought it. Was it still? Does it still feel good to have that character pop up on your screen, or do you really have buyer's remorse? I'd like to hear some of the buyer remorse stories about DLC because there's got to be a lot of them, especially for some of those really crappy games. I'm gonna end this on a bad note, man. It's not a bad note. <laughs> Tell no, me dude. all the terrible stuff you bought. Do I need to hear about? Oh, that has, yes. No, I want to hear about some good DLC. Okay, then throw it. Throw both at us. Left, Left. Yeah. Throw us both. Throw me the good stuff that you enjoyed. Throw David all the bad stuff. Be like, I don't play this character and I bought it. Sorry, disappointed. This telltale thing's got me on a real bad spiral right now. We gotta get you out of here. (laughs) Probably getting hangry too. Let's go grab some lunch. Sounds good. (laughs) Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls Podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>